0: Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Pleased to be joined once again by my colleague, UEFA A License Academy coach, Dan Wright. Dan, how are you today?
1: good, thank you. How are you?
0: Good, mate. Good to see you. And this week's question comes from Lauren via email. She's asked, Do you have any advice as to how I can work on switching play with my under-12 team? So, Dan, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Okay, let's sort of break this down. An under-12 is a good age group because it's uh, they might be playing or might be going into 11 v 11. So, you know, you need to teach them, you know, maybe a bit more tactically. Um, so, for me switching play means using the whole width of the pitch so we're trying to stretch out that opposition defensive line and we're searching for space or we're searching for a weakness or can we create superiority in a wide wide area whether that's a 1v1 you know with a good winger you know a neymar type player against a slower fullback or can we correct 2v1 where we get our fullbacks and wingers you know up against their their fullback to so stretch it out and use the whole pitch um so your yeah, width is really important and it's going to be those fullbacks and wingers have you got any sort of keys about how you would teach this
0: yeah, look, I think we'd obviously advocate for a constraints-based approach or a games-based approach here. And I think there's a few good practices that you know can be utilized. So first of all, you can look at vertical channels and, and potentially having a couple of wide channels where the ball must go from one channel to another before you can score. Or alternatively, it could just be, it has to go between those channels and then you get double goals. So you get reward for switching the play and looking to build and, and, and so on, but you're not restricting them to saying, you have to do this. They have still got the option to, to choose the moment to go forward. So I think it's really important that we look at constraints. I think it's also important that we look at um, the visual aids that we use and the way we deliver this. So can we be clever with a whiteboard? Uh, can we be clever using an iPad or demonstrate some video perhaps on the pitch of good examples to the players as to as to what switching play looks like, why we do it and what the what the benefits are? Because I think if you can say to the kids or say to the players, this is why we do it and this is why it works, then suddenly they're going to go, go and appreciate that. Um, So first of all, I'd look at designing small-sided games that are going to get the outcome. So however you manipulate the area in terms of size, it might be a really short, wide pitch where the players have to go side to side first, as I referred to, or it might be a full-size pitch in a 7v7, 9v9, whatever they're playing, um, in order to get those outcomes. So those are kind of my initial thoughts. Anything additional from you, mate?
1: Yeah, I think it's important that perhaps we sort of divide this topic so it's not always going to be that you score from that wide zone. So crossing and finishing doesn't always come from a switch and a play, and a switching a play doesn't have to include crossing and finishing. So it might be that we go wide to come central. I think sometimes with those sort of constraint-led games, if you've got three zones or five zones, it can be that it goes wide and then the kids are sort of aimlessly pumping it into the box. So you could maybe explain that the benefit of using that width is to play nice and wide, then come inside and find that killer pass because you've made the gaps Um, And I think also that there's ways that you could sort of drip feed this in. So it it might be that the whole session is about switching play. But if you wanted to, you know, do it over a season, you could make sure that you build it into all of your practices. So if you're doing a finishing practice, does it, you know, if you want it to start sentry and, you know, end in sort of the, the edge of the box, it might be that it comes from wide first. So, you know, just feeding the ball from different areas or feeding the ball from one area and then taking it wide and bringing it in, I think is quite a good way. Um, sort of that implicit learning can happen where the kids are working out that you know it is going to come from wide and then come come to central. And then you know this is something we discussed before, but do, do you run a, a, an unopposed pattern of play? Do you walk walk the kids through? You know you'd be here and then I would be here. The board got here it would come inside. This is something we've discussed before, and I know some coaches are keen and some coaches aren't keen, but it, it can be a good way to sort of paint those pictures, and then you could, you could take it into a game. You got any thoughts on that one?
0: Yeah, look, personally, I'd rather build it up with uh, the interference-style practice, for example, so it might be just players in threes or fours switching the ball side to side through a little bit of traffic, so there's still that decision-making outcome. Um, I certainly, you know, I can see the benefit with some of the unopposed, but from a personal perspective, the, um, the interference building up to opposed or going through semi-opposed would be my preference Um, In terms of the content on the website, there is a couple of sessions in the session plan library on this topic. Uh, One example is the coaching spectrum, which talks about building this up from sort of unopposed through to uh, a fully opposed scenario. Second of all, there's a practice called controlling position, which alludes to the killer pass idea that you came up with as well just before where players have to switch and then then break into a final zone with a killer pass. So there's plenty of content in there. Um, I'd also look at the article uh, around Spanish methodology, which John Hoggard wrote um, after an interview with Jose Bacala Garcia at uh, Deportivo we've also got a webinar with Jose and I definitely recommend that and that just talks a lot about positional play and positional games and the emphasis that that particular club puts on that so that will probably be relevant to this topic um, any additional thoughts from you on this one mate?
1: yeah i think the the latest webinar with jimmy as well is obviously a natural one to look at you know barca are probably masters of using the whole pitch and having that you know expressive and explosive sort of width and you know with the wide players and the fullbacks bombing on i think that's something that, that we could look to and learn from i think
0: absolutely We'll look uh, hopefully we've helped lauren with that question on switching play and uh you know wish her all the best with her coaching we'll look forward to another pdp Q and A very soon Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.